You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. <laughs> it's Halloween Movie Month here on 80s Revisited. <laughs> and now your hosts, Otto and Trey Harris. Stop the prime time, bitch! Aren't dead. Report to your local church. Which is in the field of corn. They're dead too. Halloween. I'm off time. This really sucks. Let's get on with the show. <laughs> Welcome everybody to a, the lamest intro I've ever yeah. done, <laughs> ever on the podcast. But the, hey. That means it's only it. it's only going up from here. No, Jesse, you know, know. You, you quoted it. We do this live. Yep. Good, bad, whatever. <laughs> we just it just rolls. Embarrassing. Yep. Yeah. Hey, just keep that, going. That's normal here. Just keep going. Embarrassment is a state of normality on 80s Revisit, especially <laughs> since I let my wife on the show. Biggest mistake of my life. Second biggest. <laughs> just kidding. It's Kendall, the musical reference. Anyway, our first film. For our Halloween Horror Month, celebrating the 80s films of Stephen King, except The Shining, because we already did it. So again, go listen to that episode, because that is the best one of the ones we're doing. <laughs> Just letting you know. Just, I mean, you can't compete with The Shining. Right. And that was, you know, right there, 1980, right off the bat. Tough act to follow. But again, it did set the stage. You had Kid Carey. Uh, I think The Shining was the second film, maybe the third. But that was the one that really kind of obviously blew up, because, I mean, again, Stanley Kubrick and... All that. But anyway, we did a podcast on that one already. So let's... Are you going to tell us who you are? Yes. Cool. I'm, I was literally about to work that into <laughs> oh, some genius comment <laughs> relating The Shining and Children of the Corn, but now I totally forgot it because no, you said that. No, 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 Go ahead. Do what you were going to do. My name is Isaac, and this is my left hand of God, Malachi, and... See? Now that's just dumb. <laughs> that's just dumb. People who, who remember the, the movie, which we just watched last night on Netflix, yeah. if you haven't seen it, would recognize what I was trying to do right there. But anyway, of course, you sh- they already know it. That's why we don't, whenever I don't say it, it's they just because they it know. They heard it in the scary okay. intro. Yeah, that Jesse always adds for the... <laughs> <laughs> Once but a of year. course, in case you were confused, this voice... Oh, this one. Me? ...is not Trey Harris. No. I am Trey Harris. Oh. This voice... Autumn Harris. And the other voice, our established producer, our own blue man crucified in the corn... Or, excuse me, no, no, bad reference, or incorrect reference. Our own person who walks behind the rose. Oh. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Jesse Sedgley. Yes, sir. Did you get what I was referencing right there? Because you laughed. Sure. Okay, never mind. Ninja Turtles 2. Anyway, don't worry about it. Wait, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. The way you laughed, I thought we had a kindred spirit moment there. I said yes. I know, but it was and that. I meant it. It was that, yes. <laughs> that same yes she gives me when I ask her yes. <laughs> if she did her what I asked her to do. But anyway, Halloween Horror, the best time of the year, celebrating the works of Stephen King. Uh, just like we did the past two weeks uh, with the sci fi version of the, of the mini Stephen King month with trucks, I mean, a Maxim Overdrive and Running Man uh-huh. with the horror uh, aspect of Stephen King, which of course is well, more, much more well known for. We'll be discussing the book and the film comparison as well. So that's kind of like the special thing this month. Like last uh, month was the third year, or I'm sorry, last year was the third time we did Halloween Horror. So we did all the, the th- uh, threes for the big three franchises, Nightmare, Friday 13th, and Halloween. And, of course, we were blessed 
to watch Elvira last year, which was always <laughs> a good thing and will happen again this year because it makes me very, very happy. But anyway, Children of the Corn, March 9th, 1984. IMDb says 5.6, Rotten Tomatoes, 38%, critics, and 41% audience. Yeah. Made on a budget of $800,000, and honestly, I'm surprised there's a, another zero in there. I would have guessed 80 from the quote-unquote brilliant special effects yeah. and continuity errors rampant throughout the film. But anyway, I guess that's what a million bucks gets you back then. Open for two. So it doubled its money in its opening weekend. Domestically, however, it grossed 14.5. No info on worldwide. Reynolds, it obviously did a lot because there were eight, excuse me, seven sequels and a television remake Mm. to spawn from this, which is so surprising because I hadn't seen this since I was a kid, like a really young kid. Me either. The thing, honestly, the thing I always remember most about this movie was the cover was like more is more scary than the movie. (laughs) <laughs> the hand holding the sickle over red. That's pretty like, oh, this shit's got to be fucked up. This has got to be scary. Yeah. And even says on the 20th anniversary uh, special edition of the original that started it all. I haven't seen anything else that this started, and I'm glad I haven't. But we do have an expert in the field that we're going to call in later just, uh, to, just to let people, if you, if you did like this film more than I did. Awake. <laughs> Good point. If not, we'll get back to it later on. Yeah. <laughs> or not. Or, or not yeah, we'll just forget uh, we even talked yeah. about this film. I'll just put it behind us. But anyway, it was directed by Fritz Kirsch. Uh, the only other uh, household name. Do you think name? when he says his name, he also says it? I assume, he's, I assume, he, I assume he's a <laughs> he Nazi, says. a former Nazi. I say my name as a question sometimes. Yeah. I'm Jesse Sedgley. Uh, but uh, pretty much the most notable thing Fritz Kirsch ever did after Children of the Corn was two episodes of the Swamp Thing te- television series, oh. which I remember as a kid and I really liked. Yeah. I can't tell you which two episodes because I don't remember that well. Excuse me, written by George Goldsmith. Uh, he pretty mu- The only other thing he wrote was just a few TV movies that nobody would ever know. And, of course, the reason we're covering this movie based on the short story by the horror genius of literature, the literary horror genius, Stephen Theodore King Jr. himself, uh, starring the lovely Linda Hamilton mm-hmm. as uh, Vicky, with a Y, not IE. Of course, Terminator 1, Terminator 2. Uh, she was dead in 3. Uh, but also television's Beauty and the Beast, which <laughs> also starred one of your favorite actors. David Spade. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. I spit when you say that name. <laughs> <laughs> Ron, the Beast, Hellboy, Pearlman. Ah, uh, was he Beast? Yes, you didn't know that. No. What you seriously didn't know that until I this? I had no. I swear we talked idea. about that before. If if you talked about it before, I was not listening. Uh, big surprise. <laughs> you not listening? I uh, might have been asleep or on my phone. No, but yeah, he was Beast, and obviously she was quote what? unquote beauty. Uh, and what do you uh, mean quote unquote? She didn't age. That, I mean, she's not that pretty anymore. I'm just saying she was. I like. She's very beautiful in this film. Yeah. I can definitely see a resemblance between her and like we talked about the how, why they might have cast Amelia Clark in addition to the fact that she's a red hot star right now in Terminator yeah. Genesis to be her, even yeah. though she looks she struggles to pick up a, a gun in the film and it totally doesn't fit the role <laughs> of Sarah Connor. But we talked about that previously. But anyway, Linda Hamilton, a beautiful woman, then and she still is. Thank you. There you go. Keep going. In fact, we saw her at Con- well, we passed by her at Comic Con. Did we? Yeah, we didn't stop at the booth, but hmm. no, you didn't see her because she wasn't there. She had left her booth by the day we went, but when me and Jesse were there for our Days of Future Past music video, if you haven't seen it, YouTube.com, sure. Sedgley Films, uh, is it under labeled Change the World or Days of Future Past? 
Either one. Either one. Just search it, Sedgley Film Jewel. It'll pop up. That played at the New Orleans Comic Con, and as we walked the floor after the film festival, I saw Linda Hamilton, and she still looked fantastic. Nice. I remember ignoring her. (laughs) You bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Also starring some guy named Peter Horton. That's Bert. Uh, no, but he did a lot of TV. Yeah. Like a lot of one, one-off episodes of things. Uh, movie-wise, he was in Two Days in the Valley with Brad Pitt. Uh, and he did uh, he had a recurring role in a show called Brimstone, which I vaguely remember. And also the ill-lived Gina Davis show. Or short-lived, oh, I, I should that say. Show. <laughs> it was such a sad day when that went off the air. Mm-hmm. Uh, R.G. Armstrong was Dell, or Dell, however you want to pronounce it. It's spelled D-I-E-H-L. So however you want to pronounce it, maybe it's maybe it's Dill, maybe it's Dell. I don't even know how that Is that it Deal? It could be. I don't know. You know that chainsaw brand Still, but it's spelled S H T L. No, it's S T I H L. It's however, pronounced it. Steel. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. His name is like that. His character name is like that. I didn't know how that name, how that chains that brand was actually pronounced Steel. until I saw a commercial for it. So it'd be Deal. Because I'm not Deal. a lumberjack that uses a chainsaw. I use an axe. Yeah. Well, double bladed. Deal D I E H L is a brand of uh, like cosmetics and body care products. Yeah, I went like I would know that. <laughs> and I believe it's everyone knows Steel. that. Like, I can't believe you don't. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, uh, R.G. Armstrong was also in Predator. He was in El Dorado. And a great movie from my childhood that's often not remembered, but the Warren Beatty classic, Dick Tracy, which is a very colorful movie. You mean the Madonna Dick Tracy? No. Yes, she's in that, but it, <laughs> Warren Beatty directed it yes. and was the title role and also had the kid from Hook. Yeah, but the Madonna movie. Yeah, Dick where she Tracy. was no face. Or the question, <laughs> wait, do you even remember that? Have you even seen that movie? Yeah. Yeah, she was the character with no face. Remember? And she dies in the end. Spoiler alert from a 90s movie. <laughs> she was a 1990 just like movie. A girl. No, she was, uh, hold on, her name, oh, it was like a day of the week or so. It was, no, it was, oh, fuck. Breathless Mahoney. Not to be confused or any relation to Steve Gutenberg's character from Police Academy. Your siblings. Yep, you know, he'd have Mahoney. to be his mother. She'd have to be his mother because nah. Tracy takes place in like the 30s. Yeah. But anyway, uh, R.G. Armstrong was prune face in the film. Because, of course, all the villains, just like the Dick Tracy comic strip, all had bizarre names, like Flat Top. Well, His head was flat. Well, because completely bizarre. Like yeah, and it was awesome. Characters. I loved that yeah. movie as a kid. No, but seriously. Almost as good as Cool World. No, it's Dick mm. Tracy. It's so much better than Cool, oh, cool World. Cool, cool, cool World sucks. <gasps> you take that back. We watched it not too oh long ago, God, and it, it was not. It. it did not hold up. Seven. Yeah, They're go watch Roger wrong. Rabbit. They're wrong. Cool yeah, Roger World is awesome. Roger yeah. Rabbit's so overrated. Oh, it's not bull- even that funny. Bullshit. <laughs> Let me tell you, Cool World exists because Roger Rabbit made a shit cool ton of money. Cool World was first. No, Roger Rabbit, 88. Guess what movie can't be covered on the podcast? Cool World, 92. Boom, mic drop, stage explosion. Whatever, Death Star blows up Earth. Boom. Yeah, cool. Better. was terrible. Yeah. You're wrong. Hey, hey, again, like we talked about, you can Fuck go. You, guys you can go watch Cool World and Joe Dirt all you want, but you don't don't even trip and think that Cool say that Cool World was better than Roger Rabbit. Ugh. You seriously believe that? Like honestly, like I'm, I'm not trying yeah, to like, like poke fun at you. I'm like, I mean, you really if, like Cool World better than if Roger you Rabbit. You had them both in your hand, and like, which one do you want to go watch right now? I would obviously pick Cool World. I think you would pick that because you've seen Roger Rabbit a shit ton. Ugh, of course I haven't. Cool so, World's way better. No. <laughs> we agree to disagree, and we move on. Fine. Because this is Halloween Horror Month. And we don't. And although Cool World is a horror to behold. <laughs> yes, it is. Shut up, Jesse. <laughs> I mean, well, let's be honest. Kim Basinger looks fantastic in the film. Sure. And I guess for women, young Brad Pitt, obviously. Yeah. 
But uh, anyway, uh, Dick Tracy's a great film. But yeah. seriously, you don't remember that they had that character, like, uh, I forget Al Pacino's character, Big Boy, you should do this to kill Dick Tracy. And they always show him in shadow and, like, he doesn't have a face. Oh, but then yeah, in the yeah, end, yeah. it's revealed that that's Madonna playing mm-hmm. Big Boy against Dick Tracy. Mm-hmm. I guess I haven't seen the end of that in a very long time. No, I think it was, go back, Jesse, I think it was 1990. Yeah, 1990. Yeah, so it just missed it. But I remember seeing that movie in the theater, and then we went to Walmart or Kmart or some store, maybe even K&B or TG&Y, and bought Dick Tracy action figures. What are all those words? Those are old apartment. Well, some of the, the last few are ones that don't exist anymore. <laughs> or if Random you do, letters. Actually, e, B, and T. No, there was, it used to be <laughs> TG&Y. And in fact, not the last time I was out towards Livingston on one of those back roads, local people might know, where there was an old one, they used to still have the signs up. Like, of course, it's long been abandoned, but the sign was still up for TG&Y. Years and years ago. So, I mean, but it's not existing anymore. Yeah, I don't care. Anyway, I know you don't, babe. It's okay. It's cool. Uh, John Franklin was Isaac, the annoying little kid with the voice of the woman from The Exorcist. Mm. Uh, but he was also, most notably, Cousin It in the Addams Family movies with Raul Julia, rest in peace, and uh, what's her name? Angelica Houston. Speaking mm. of that, there was a, in, in the Halloween spirit, you see that photo they posted recently of Christina Ricci dressed as Morticia Adams? No. Because she's obviously that old now? Mm-hmm. It was... Whew, I know you're in here, babe, but I like I tell, I'm always looking for the second most beautiful woman in the world. It's, I think it's she's a great pick. So pretty. She is. And she's got that burden esque creepiness factor. Because of the giant and, forehead thing? No. Just oh. that she's like, you know, she been in Tim like Burton movies head. and she's done some dark. There it is. Apparently it's photoshopped. What? Really? Uh, what they keep saying. Maybe. Yeah. That's yeah, an obvious that's, Photoshop. Yeah, that is photo. I stand corrected. Damn. Well, still, but that's wow, obviously wow, what it would look like. Wow. So. I mean, she she looks like that. So oh, I it, see they made the dress changes just to yeah, yeah throw it off and yeah. then let's flip it and reverse it. <laughs> Add a deep yeah. neckline up her head. Yeah, anyway. So, but that's anyway, whatever. Damn it, I fat to nothing. It was fake. Just kidding. I didn't fat to it, babe. Only to you. Anyway, <laughs> I'm trying to move along, but I'm stumbling. That's why you got to help me. Don't just say anyway. You got to give me a segue. You, you got to work it on, work it out. Work it out. Anyway, but he was also the uh, a voice. I don't. It, it was very hard to find an exact, exactly what uh, John Franklin did in Child's Play. It said the voice of Walking Chucky or something. So apparently he did some sort of voice for Chucky in Child's Play. Walk, Walk about, about Chucky. Chucky. That's it. Excuse me. I so, don't know what that means. Me either. That's why I was so confused because it's not obvi- obviously the voice of you know regular Chucky, but it's. Some voice in the movie is Isaac from Children of the Corn. And, of course, he starred in several of the Children of the Corn sequels, which I have never or nor will never see. Right, because this one was so bad. Yeah, we're getting there. Uh, Courtney <laughs> Gaines, not a chick. He was Malachi, uh, the Butnik-looking character in the film, for a salute your short reference. He was, however, also he's had probably the biggest career next to Linda Hamilton of all the people in this film, which is surprising. Uh, but he was in Back to the Future. He was in the rock film Faster. He was in Can't Buy Me Love with uh, the dude from Grey's Anatomy, Patrick Dempsey, uh, and Sweet Home Alabama with uh, what's your name, June Carter, Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, he has uh, like over a hundred credits, which is odd because you watch him and like he's one of the ugliest people I've ever seen in my life in this film. He has, you know, he's like what I imagine. You know, when people say horse face, oh. this is where it's coming from. Ring about the walkabout, Chucky. Apparently, when Chucky's not connected to any cables or anything, that's when he's you know, freely walking around the room. And there was a boy in that suit, so he was 
the boy. Hmm. I thought it said voice. Yeah, see, what yeah, you voice. voice. That's weird. I don't know why it would. If you know, adiesrevisited at gmail.com. If you were he would on the still inside, be a kid at that point. Yeah, you know? he'd still be, because t- he is tiny. He's a tiny little dude in this movie. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, Courtney Gaines pretty much had the second biggest career uh, out of anybody in this you film. You know what he looks like? Exactly what he looks like. When's the last time you saw Pinocchio? What, what Pinocchio? The you mean? cartoon, the Disney cartoon? Okay, yeah. Looks like one of the boys that turned to he, a donkey. Yes, he looks like Pinocchio's <laughs> best, like, not best friend, but, like, the, the boy that Pinocchio goes to um, Pleasure Island with. Yeah. And then turns into that, a donkey. That's true. That's exactly what that kid looks that's like. That's very true. I would agree with that. But it, it is exceptionally noted, has to be exceptionally noted, that this film also contains one of the members and the member of the Monster Squad that I em- tried to emulate as a kid, Rudy. Robbie Kiger was Job in this film. And I didn't know that till I saw it on IMDb because I didn't recognize him, notice him in the film at all. I can't even tell you who Job is. Oh, he's Sarah's brother. The two little kids, Job and Sarah. Was that Job? That was yep, Job. That was Job. Didn't even look like the motherfucker. Anyway, I didn't recognize him. Hmm. So, but uh, by the way, Monster Squad is on Netflix now. So celebrate your Halloween, your October right, watching the Monster Squad at least once. Probably twice would be that best was like for his last good health. Big thing he did was the Monster Squad. Yeah, he really didn't. He disappeared, he disappeared until he's visitor number one in, in Mystery Mountain. <laughs> wow, it's a that is. twenty-five year hi- hiatus after his to come back as an extra. <laughs> coming back big, coming back <laughs> strong. Hey guys, taking a quick break from the podcast. Ask you to please, please, please. Shoot on over to iTunes, leave us a review, let us know how we're doing. We love to hear feedback, because hey, let's face it, like the 80s, we're not perfect. Also, head on over to... <laughs> 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 so we screwed up this ad. <laughs> Damn, now I get, gotta get back to the show. This is a 30 second ad, we only got 8 seconds left. Oh shit, we're still, oh, I thought you expected you to do your okay, magical Amazon, editing thing. iTunes. And Stitcher. Reviews, go get them. Thank you. But uh, also, we did fail to mention this last week. Uh, there was no Stephen King cameo, or a.k.a. Richard Bachman cameo. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say a.k.a. because you hate that. Yeah. Or also known, known sometimes under the pseudonym Richard Bachman cameo in The Running Man. There is Much also better. no Stephen King cameo in Children of the Corn. Hmm. Because he read the screenplay by George Goldsmith and thought, you fucked up my book. I'm For not even real. cameoing in this film. And this is also 1984. This is before, I believe, Maximum Overdrive, before he got coked out of his mind by his own admission and just did anything. Mm. He wanted, you know, didn't give a shit. But anyway, about the film, Autumn, had you ever seen this film before, before you watched it last night? Yes. Just once as a kid? I don't know. Once or twice, maybe? A couple times. You know how my mom is. Yeah, Mm. she likes these movies that you, all all the movies your mother liked, you tend to hate. That's not true. Oh, no, I'm sorry, it's your stepfather, because he would watch them over and over. Well, yeah, him and his daughter. But yeah. my, what but I mean mom. by you know how my mom is, she likes horror movies, so we watched horror movies. Yeah. So yes, I've seen this. The greatest horror of this film will be having to watch it more than once. Yeah. This movie is... Now, okay, I'm sorry. You just... you As a kid, what do you think about it? I don't... I mean, your, any memory I, of it? I, no, I don't know. Okay, but... Okay, didn't anyway. Have a strong Before we get to our adult it. discussion, uh-huh. which we both agree upon yeah. 100%, as a kid... They, I, I saw this movie once, and I always just remembered the plot about the kids killing everybody and then a monster in the corn. That's, and as a kid, as a child, I was like, oh, that's scary. That's scary. And then until since I was you know, five or six, when I first saw this on TV or one of my cousins rented it and I watched it, however I saw it, I don't even remember how, probably TBS as usual, I would imagine. 
I hadn't seen it again since until yesterday night when we watched it on Netflix since then. This movie's garbage. Yeah, it's bad. It's, it's not scary. Nope. Uh, it's terribly directed. There are it's numerous crap. continuity errors that are just blatant. Yeah. My shirt is buttoned. My shirt is unbuttoned. My, you know, all sorts of like just blatant Can't keep those continuity kids stuff. Well, like there's a dead body and then like, okay, so it's on his face <laughs> and the guy turns him over. And then it cuts and it goes back and he's on his face again. And I'm like, holy shit, the corpse moved. And they're like, no, <laughs> And then they show it again. No, it's in a different position. Because they obviously let the kid get up, have some water. Okay, go yeah. lay back down. He forgot how he was laying. <laughs> and also, uh, no, when they hit him, that was, it's obviously a dummy. But that was actually like, shit, that's a pretty good effect back then. It wasn't a blatant dummy where the knees bend backwards and, <laughs> you know, like, go watch The Rock. Because there's two blatant dummy scenes <laughs> in that film that just make you giggle because elbows don't bend that way when people fall and all sorts of stuff. But anyway, uh, it, uh, here's a perfect continuity error. I was just, that just maybe like, it was more interesting thinking about why these continuity errors existed because the take used in the movie of the car coming to a stop is obviously not the first take because there are skid marks all over the road. Yeah, there's already skid marks there. From this deserted road that nobody's been down for Unless 20 years. that specific spot is, is where, where they, they throw keep killing people, people. <laughs> So it was, it's just, it's, it's again, made for 800000 Still a shit ton of money. Uh, the effects are Disney, 80s Disney television movie quality. Bedknobs and broomsticks, not even that good. Uh, just not good at all. Uh, we'll get into the book later, of course. The book is so much better than the movie. The book is actually, like, creepy. This film is, I guess, about, let's see, what's the running time? Didn't it say on the, in 19 minutes. For the first hour, it's a whole bunch of people just walking around going, hello? Hello? And then children looking in windows and ducking. And uh, one thing I always love about Sam Raimi is how... The first hour is just hide and seek. It really is. That's all it is. (laughs) It's just so bad. But anyway, one thing I always love about Sam Raimi is how he, as a director, is how he uses the camera as a weapon. Yeah. Uh, There's some of that in this film. But one thing I always love, like one of my... Army Darkness is from start to finish obviously hilarious but you know like there's that scene where Ash gets his face on the stove and then he grabs the little spatula and he shows it to the camera and then he he like presents he picks it up presents it to the camera and then unsticks his face Mm. they do that like in every shot in this film whenever there's a weapon or a knife they always hold it up angle it to where the the light reflection hits the camera and then they like move forward this this same shot is used like 20 times in this movie it's to where the, it's the, it could be a drinking game. Every time somebody shows you what they're holding, mm-hmm. take a shot. You'll be drunk in two, 10 minutes. You'll be dead by the end of the film. Put it to you that way. Yeah, once the hide-and-seek game's over, you'll be inebriated. And again, it's just... It's so... It's just not good. Nope. If you haven't seen it since you were a kid, you might not want to revisit it, yeah, I would say, simply don't. because maybe okay. your memory of it is probably much better than what the movie is. However, if you do go rewatch it... It's worth rewatching if you remember it and you just want to see what, if what we're saying is true. It's worth watching to watch the continuity errors, to laugh at the horrible dialogue. Seize them! It's said like four times. Who says that? <laughs> that's like a medieval... Watch. That's said in medieval movies. You don't say that. or you know, That's not like a highly religious kids killing their parents in the corn because of the devil lives in a cornfield thing. Also, this is a prequel to Field of Dreams. Just that's just a stupid. That's just a bad joke. Sorry, just forget I said it. Let's move on. Yeah. Anyway, I'll bleep it out. 
<laughs> but you would agree. Oh. You just make it sound like he's going on a uh, rant. Beep, 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 beep. We don't believe anything except for this. But anyway, I, I believe we're in complete agreement that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, did you, you stayed awake, though, the whole time, right? Yeah, I was awake. Okay. I don't know why. I don't, yeah, that's surprising. <laughs> Waiting for something to happen. Maybe. But it's just so. I'm just watching because we had just read the story, and so I was interested because it was so, so different and so bad. Yeah, like we kind of talked with the the previous two films, whereas uh, Maximum Overdrive is more of an action movie and Trucks is more like dystopian, just like bleak. Mm-hmm. There's no hope. Running Man kind of the same way. The movie is like happy ending, good. Like, you know, it's horror, but it's happy. happy for, exam- for example, uh, I'll get into that in a minute. But uh, it's a happy movie. There's like, it's the book. Nah, we'll get into it in a minute. It's not yeah. a good ending. It's nothing not, nothing works out good for these people. I'm not a fan of happy endings for like scary movies anyway. I think it's stupid and it doesn't fit. But the fact that the movie ends with like the two adults taking the two little kids like, oh, we're going to adopt them. Yeah. We're going to be a happy family. They walk One off of the, no, joking. And the problem with that is like, what about the 40 teenagers you were just hunkered down in a barn with trying not to die? Because like once <laughs> once all the teenagers turn on the like faux religious other teenagers you have this group of teenagers that have been living on their own for three years they're procreating on their own like they have their own little terrifying society and mm. the end of the movie is the two grown-ups and the two cute kids like basically going the only two off kids that the didn't sunset. follow isaac yeah uh, like joking and happy and stuff what about the other kids because the other kids are not still following well, isaac and malachi <laughs> yeah exactly yeah there's like, seven the more because they the just kids leave all more. these other kids out there in the middle of nowhere like OCS needs to get there quick. Well, apparently, <laughs> uh, as the movie displays, the road signs are so cockamamie that nobody can get out or like, find the town. They don't mention anything about the other children because teenagers are who still cares? children. They're still kids. I, I see what you're saying, but for the sake of this movie ending, who cares? But like, Roll the, the credits. I'm that done. ending makes no sense whatsoever, and they're not addressing any of the issues. That's fine. They're just like, let's take the cute ones and leave. Here's actual. Here's like the actual like last little... A summarized last to show you how bad the dialogue is. The kids are like, or Linda Hamilton's like, maybe we could keep these kids for an hour. And then the guy's like, and they're like, aw. <laughs> and he's like, well, maybe a day. And then they're like, aw. And he's like, well, maybe a week. Aw. Well, how about a month? No. And it's like all happy, and they like skip away. Meanwhile, yeah, but the guy still goes. No. <laughs> but he's got a smile on his face. Like yeah. this is a, this is the beginning of a family sitcom. Like. Yeah. You know, it all started, blah, blah, yeah. blah, but now they're trying to change the religious bigots of this small town into this happy-go-lucky group of, you know, whatever. Except that it's they just leave bad. the religious kids, and it's just like, now... Oh, yeah, a lot of kids get, like, punched in this film, so it's... <laughs> it's, uh, honestly, it's a, it, this movie is bad. It's, you know, the, the myth about the film and the, and the story are creepier and better than the film when you revisit it, but honestly... It's worth rewatching because it's so. There's just so much. It's one of those so bad. I'm not gonna say it's good, but it's so bad you can. Your time's not wasted. You at least get some laughs. Oh, and, I disagree. Like I would never watch this again. I, I'm not saying watch it again. <laughs> I'm saying if you haven't seen it, I will never watch this again because I don't need to. Like if you haven't seen it in a long time and you're doing okay, just keep doing okay. No, no, no. This is this is October. This <laughs> episode is hitting October first. Fine. It is Halloween month. You should be watching at least one horror movie a day. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be this one. I'm not saying it does, but a lot of people <laughs> don't have an extensive DVD or Blu-ray collection or download things. 
They have Netflix, and this is on Netflix, and All it's right. Stephen King, and we're talking about it. Mm. Give it a watch if you haven't seen it ever, or if you only saw it when you were a kid. But if you saw it last year, or you saw it in the last 10 years, you don't need to watch it again. But hey, get some friends together, get some shots, get shit-faced in the first five minutes, and laugh, laugh your ass off at the terrible dialogue, bad direction, and horrible acting. And that's what it's worth. So hmm. let's talk about the book. We're getting there. Hold on. <laughs> Baby, there's like four trivia things about it, and that's it. There's not much to say. Anyway, uh, the story was, this isn't actually the first time the short story, which was also called Children of the Corn. It wasn't, you know, changed like from truck, as trucks was changed to maximum overdrive. Short story was actually called Children of the Corn. It was actually adapted into a short film in 1983 called Disciples of the Crow, which, I don't know where, Close. it's got to be on YouTube, maybe. Uh and although they used real corn for most of the filming, they had to use polyurethane corn for uh, some of the more, quote-unquote, difficult action sequences. Oh, like the corn puppet? Yeah. Like yeah. when the corn... Yeah. And also, yeah. it should be noted, there is one of the best running in a horror movie trips done in this film. And, it's, and quick note, it's by the dude, not the girl. There's a scene where he's running in trips. Like, I'd give him a 9 out of 10. It's great. It's you have to Just watch the movie and look for that trip, because... It's actually quite hilarious. But anyway, uh, eagle-eyed viewers would notice when you're rewatching it on the dashboard in the very first scene of the car is an actual copy of the book Night Shift in which the short story itself appears. Yep. So it's a meta joke. And then also, uh, uh, this, is, this is actually really like ridiculous. It's silly, I should say. There's the, we're actually watching it right now, and there's the cover of the book mm. uh, sitting right there on the dashboard. Uh, in the original theatrical trailer... For Children of the Corn, based on a Stephen King book, uh, they misspelled Stephen King's name in the trailer. Uh, of course, he uses a PH. They put a V. Mm. It's not Steve. You know that's Spielberg. That's Stephen. Mm -hmm. Stephen is Stephen King, not Steve in King. Oh, like that scene. You should, just watching these little clips reminds me of how stupid. Like it's it's so dumb. Like the the decisions the main that Bert makes are so stupid. Like he has Malachi. Dead to rights to like kill him and end the store, like rescue his woman, get out of there. He just hits him in the shin and runs away. Uh, no, then when he turns to run away, he runs into a hanging rim of a car on the wall and like then stumbles out. It's so stupid. Like I don't know if he did it like as as an accident as an actor and they just kept it in. Wow. It's so awkward. It's 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 so bad. And his bloodstain changes on his shirt repeatedly after he's stabbed. And he's also stabbed in the chest and just acts like nothing happened. Yep. He's like, an he's, like he's Schwarzenegger or something. Uh, R.G. Armstrong, who we mentioned, played Dell or Dell, Dill, however you want to pronounce the character's name. He filmed all his scenes in one day. Got in and out of this film really quick. Uh, body count, if you'd care to guess, it's not as much as The Running Man, obviously, even though technically they killed all the adults in the town. But if you, hmm. if you want to believe what the movie says, there was obviously only eight adults in the town anyway. But regardless, the body count... 14. 22 uh, and one dog. That's funny. I was about to say 21, but I didn't. Right. I was. Right. But As I mentioned, eight sequels. Only the first three were released theatrically. There was a Sci-Fi Channel remake in 2009, which I don't give a shit about. Hopefully, if they had any brain, they would have made it stick to the book, which we are going to talk about after you tell me what you would score this movie, my love. Jesse. Oh, uh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you missed your joke. You make it like Sorry. nearly every time. No, what would, if you had if you had to give it like some sort of score, babe? What has happened? You're on numbers now. You still like have these creative, bizarre. Uh, I'm over it. I'm okay. an adult now. Whoa, whoa. 
It's a mm. sad day. My wife has grown up <laughs> before my eyes. No, I'd say a four. You know, so, so again, same wavelength. You know, if we were, if this was men on film, it would be hated it. No, no clever around the world and back snaps. They would just be too unanimous. Hated it. In and out. Done. No sequels. Don't ever need to watch this film again. Nope. Uh, again, it came out on March 9th, 1984. Four days before what I day? rent. March 4th. Uh. No, excuse me. I'm sorry. March 9th <laughs> is when it came out. That's what I thought you said. Yeah, thanks for now making me realize that this came out on the same, not the same year, but the same day as our wedding. <laughs> I wanted to get married on May the 4th. But that was nixed by my wife. Of course, May the 4th is Star Wars Day. Yeah. A holy day. <laughs> Arguably the second holiest day of the year after Christmas. Do you want to explain why we couldn't get married But we couldn't. Point? It was a big deal because her mother and dad got married on that day. They're divorced. That doesn't mean we get divorced. <laughs> because your dad is obviously not a Star Wars fan. You marry a Star Wars fan on May the 4th, that is truly an unbreakable bond. The Force has spoken. And then... But no. Gonna now do- we're married on Children of the Corn Day. <laughs> Look what Just you did. Just as bad. I'd rather like marry you in divorce and have that date as May the 4th than now have to live being married on Children of the Corn Day. All right. Every year for the anniversary, we're going to watch this movie. No, we're not. No, we get have... E- get, get each other we're gonna, ears of corn. <laughs> we're gonna God eat damn corn. it. Listen to corn. Yeah. Eat corn chowder. Drink some corn wine. Not that that's a thing, but yep. it probably is somewhere. Whiskey, you yeah, can make you whiskey go. with corn. Isn't moonshine I, made with corn? Some of no it idea. is. But, uh, Write it yeah. in. It is. And now it we get to watch Children of the Corn that. and get shit-faced on my wedding anniversary. Every time. And if you don't, I'm going to have to do it because it's time. now a thing. Because you, you did this. This is your doing. What? You're my Isaac. I'm <laughs> I'm Bert trying to escape. But no. Oh, there's the perfect shot of presenting the weapon. There it is. It's just so dumb. But anyway. Jesse, watch this. Watch. Oh, 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 I didn't see that. Oh, I'm sorry, listeners, but just seriously, yeah. despite what Autumn telling you not to, it's worth watching this it's movie not. one time if you haven't seen it because it's it's it's, it's hilarious. It, it's it's also it's also rare for a horror movie to take place almost 99% in daylight. Yeah. Also. Hmm. But anyway, uh, yeah, mentioned the body weird. count, gave it a score. Uh, anyway, on in the real world, on March 9th, 1984, not 2011, which was the best day in my life. That's right, it was. Until The Force Awakens comes out. Uh, Mar- uh, four days before, on March 5th, 1984, Iran accused Iraq of chemical weapons, and the United Nations condemns their use on March 30th. Nobody gives a shit about that. It was a, sl- it was, it was a slow news week in history. It, that was the closest thing that made any significance, because, of course, uh, Iraq did use chemical weapons. Saddam... So Dam Insane used it on his own people. And that's, you know, this is actually, it actually is relevant because this is part of the excuse for both Gulf Wars, how evil Saddam Hussein was. Mm. So it is kind of relevant. Now, Autumn, your favorite part. The Talking book. about the book. The book. Mm. Uh, a few differences first off uh, in the book. Everything. Everything's different except their names are Bert and Vicky. And he walked behind behind Rose is a big deal. But anyway, uh, so just some background. It was originally published in the March 1977 issue of Penthouse, collected a year later in the uh, collect in the night in the book Night Shift, which again also had Maximum Overdrive. Also, if if you're if you've read the book, you'd also know it also has the short stories of the Lawnmower Man, which is just as different as this movie is from the book, uh, from its movie, and also the Mangler, which. Uh, 
again, I think that was a 90s horror movie with Robert Unglund, which is the most notable thing about it, that Robert Unglund was in it. But yeah, Night Shift's a great collection. Anyway, uh, big differences between the movie and the book, first of all. it's They're not a happy couple. Nope. They are not this happy couple having a good time fucking mm-hmm. in hotels, you know. In the book, they're literally driving across Nebraska to try to save their marriage for some reason. They think mm-hmm. that's going to help. Uh, also, it's a very, very unhappy ending. Uh, poor Vicky uh, ends up crucified like the blue man with her eyes ripped out. And he who walks behind Rose fucking ends Bert. Yeah. So and it's scary. everybody dies in the Which book. is how it should be. It's a horror movie. Yeah. yeah. It's, whereas in the movie, again, it's, it's the start of a stupid sitcom because it's so awkwardly happy at the end. Probably like could have had better sequels if it ended that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm always tempted to watch on. one of them now just to see what they do. But and then anyway. Malachi is not a big deal in the book. Yeah, they have different Isaac names too. Isaac is only mentioned a couple times. And the book's just wait. The book's actually scary. Like yeah, it's like it is. like like ending up in this town and all this shit happens and it, yeah. it's batshit. It's almost like The Wicker Man. Uh, both mm. the original and the Nicolas Cage classic Wicker Man, which you know what. Nah, never mind. Yeah, now's not the time. No, it is the time. Damn it. If, just use up your Netflix up. Yeah. Sorry. See if the Wicker Man Nicolas Cage version's on there. <laughs> just so I can let people know that they need to watch it. I've never and, seen it. Well, oh, I know what the first movie we're watching on October 1st is now. Oh, it's unavailable oh, to no stream. Available. But uh-huh. everybody, our, our loyal listeners know my absolute undiluted love for Nicolas Cage. The greatest actor of not just this time yeah. but all times because he is forever but if you have not seen The Wicker Man with Nicolas Cage you are missing what is quite possibly the greatest film nay the greatest thing that has ever existed on this earth I think a lot of people have seen the highlights already if you haven't yeah if you haven't seen the movie just watch the best of comp- uh, Nick Cage compilation for The Wicker Man we'll just let it play in the Hello? background Jesse and I'll stop when it's important <laughs> but uh this film is, uh, the Wicker Man story, of course, if you're familiar with the original or the Nicolas Cage one, this Children of the Corn is almost kind of similar with the cultish aspect of everything uh, going on. And, of course, the, like the Wicker Man, this is like the most important line in the whole film. Yes. How to get burned. How to get burned. How to get burned. How to get burned. <laughs> also, also Nicolas Cage punches numerous women, including one while he is dressed like a bear. It's awesome. <laughs> it is so good. It's so entertaining. It's this. This is classic Cage. There he's putting the bear costume. But anyway, Children of the Corn. Let's wrap this up so we don't talk about this movie anymore. (laughs) There's him beating up Lily Sobieski, or however you pronounce her last name. But anyway, uh, yeah, about the book Autumn. What were your thoughts on the book? I really liked it. Yeah. I liked how they didn't go into a whole big background about the kids, why they're there, where the adults are, where are the parents, blah blah blah. They don't tell you any of that shit. It's all just going on in Bert's head, like, what the fuck is happening here? Yeah, and then his imagination it. starts going crazy, and he's like, it could have been this. What if this happened? And you're left to assume that he's correct, but you're never. it's never confirmed. Yeah. He doesn't get to talk to these kids um, in the way they just appear, like, as a mob. Yeah. And do it's what they very... do. And then he's like, well, I didn't like her anyway, and is just trying to run away. <laughs> Only to find out, like, the corn has been, like, hurting him. Like, H-E-R-D, yeah. not hurt, heard, hurting yeah, The devil him. is in the cornfield. It's 
so cool. And then he's just like, oh, well, this is happening. <laughs> and then it's just like, done. The end. Because, see, I'll be honest, too. Like, uh, it was a quick read, and it was really interesting, and yeah. it kept my attention. It was and... it was fucking creepy. Yeah. It was, it the, was bo- really, the short really story good. was just creepy. Oh, not the bee. In addition to how to get burned. Not the bees! Not the bees! <laughs> you gotta, if you haven't seen it, you have to watch it. Goddamn honey! <laughs> <laughs> this movie is so awesome. I have no idea what's happening. No, trust me, you'll. It, it is so enjoyable. To it's so funny. If you, I'm alright. <laughs> I just want to watch it now so bad because it's like, so funny. I like at the end of the story how, like, without any further explanation, <laughs> Jacob is just like, "Well, he who walks behind the rose is pissed." So now the age is 18. So all you 18-year-olds, get the fuck. Yeah. And then Malachi says goodbye to so his, his wife, girl, his pregnant, his pregnant, eighteen year old wife. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's the end. Like nobody yeah. says anything. Nobody says no. Why? They're just like, okay. Yeah, and the, as a reader, you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. And that, and that's what I just don't understand. So is cool. it's 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 literally like Jeff Franklin, the producer of Full House, got the rights to Children of the Corn and made a movie about it because it's so. The whole. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just so amazing watching the Wicker Man highlights. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the movie is so just pales in comparison to the book. Uh, again, by book, it is a it is a short story, but it is just the short story is so good as Autumn said. And if you haven't read it, it's a quick read. But uh, what I was getting at, I, as a kid, I saw the movie. But before I rewatched the movie recently for the second time ever, I had read the book. So a lot of what I remembered about the movie was also influenced by the book. Cause I, that kind of ties into the not nostalgia in this sense, but just the memory of the movie and the name and what the story was and what my childhood mind remembered of the movie. And then watching it now was just like... <laughs> so if you're a fan, like Jesse's wife, oh, she was talking, <laughs> saying she it's one of her favorite horror movies, which is fine. That's fine. I like some terrible movies. It's all fine, but she's apparently seen them all, and I guess she's asleep, so we'll have to find out which one she would recommend. If you like the first one, you might want to, which ones you might want to check out and avoid. We'll keep you posted if that's even a thing. But uh, it should also be noted, we talked last week how the running man mentions Derry. There's a scene, you know, the end, he, he boards the plane outside of Derry, uh, D-E-R-R-Y, uh, in the novel, features in It, features in other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, the connection, Children of the Corn is also heavily connected to The Stand, which I never read the whole book. I read half of it because it's like, again, as long as the Bible. Mm-hmm. And by that time, the television, the miniseries came on and I watched that and never finished the book. But uh, anyway, for those of you who've read The Stand or if you remember the characters in it, uh, Mother Abigail is from Gatlin. Uh, and that is the town. I mean, uh, that's also where they first, like, uh, I believe, talk about the virus and all that kind of stuff. So Gatlin plays a role in The Stand. But also, even bigger, it's... Uh, it is implied in the stand that the character Randall Flagg, which again, if you read the book or seen the, the uh, miniseries, you know that is. It's implied that he's actually he who walks behind Rose. Hmm. So there's the stand and Children of the Corn. Are all, Children of the Corn is almost like a prequel, excuse me, to the stand in a sense. As far as basically the devils in both of them as uh, different characters. But also... Uh, Gatlin is also the location of 1922, a novella which was collected in Full Dark, No Stars in 1990. But also, speaking of Night Shift, the, another story, The Last Rung on the Ladder, also takes place in Gatlin. So 
I don't know if he was just thinking, oh, I'm going to use this Gatlin town as well as Derry, because there's all, again, like Tarantino or like, you know, other shared universes, the Marvel Cinematic Universe for a recent example, there's all these connecting threads between, not all, but a lot of Stephen King's works are in, you know, in the Kingverse or whatever you want to call it. So, but I think this is one of the more interesting ones, the fact that this is, I never knew this until I was researching it, because of course, again, I never finished reading The Stand, or remembered even the town being mentioned, but it is heavily connected to The Stand, which makes it a little bit cooler <laughs> as far as the story goes, not the movie. There's Cousin It on a corn cross. <laughs> so, yeah. Cousin But anyway, uh, book score. What would you give the book? Oh, the book, well. And by book, of course, you know, short story. Um, probably like an eight. Like, I really like it. That's that. literally exactly what I have on paper. The sto- short story, so much better than the movie. Yeah. And it'll take you ten minutes to read. Right. And it's really good. Much, be- much, 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 much better than the film. So in this case, book beats movie. Absolutely. In most cases, book No, not movie. most cases. Hmm. I would say 50-50. Yeah. Now, but in all honesty, I can't back that up with the movies we're doing this month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because we've already done The Shining, so I already lost the point. Uh, Easily 80-20 book. Uh, it depends. Some, they're the same. It's just different. But anyway, uh, next week, continuing our Halloween horror, we will uh, go from corn... Actually, hold on one second. I had a really good good segue that I thought of <laughs> earlier, but now I completely forgot it, and I'm pissed it's off. I'm going to remember it in a few weeks, and you're going to have to like insert insert it back <laughs> in your mind. Look at that effect. I was just watching Children of the Corn. It's terrible. Bad. But anyway, next week's 80s Stephen King that movie. To be? That's He Who Walks Behind Rose. Oh. That big cloud of inverted smoke or whatever the fuck. That's awful. It gets worse. It looks like a digital meatball. It's meatwad. Hey, guys. I'm Timmy Giggy. Giant meatwad. But anyway, next week we're going to go from children of the corn to children and dogs. Mainly one dog. One big fucking dog. (laughs) Do not fuck up my segues again, Autumn. (laughs) Do not ruin my reveals. You take so long. It's called suspense. I'm not suspense. Or let me put it to you a better way, baby. It's anticipation. Yeah, you're going to guess that one? <laughs> yeah, where were you? Yeah, see, she liked that one. I got her on that one. Also, there's tremors in the film. Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, yeah it's that didn't just, happen in the book either. It doesn't work. I should introduce that, like, really early. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's bad. But yeah, uh, anyway, next week we'll be discussing the film Cujo as well as the book, which I literally just finished reading this very morning that we're recording this. And uh, as I mentioned last week, when I was talking about the book The Running Man, the last the, Cujo was the, the other book I was referring to. The last fifty pages, I, was just, I had to I had to see I had to finish it up because that's when it got moving. But we'll talk about that next week when we talk about that big, lovable, foamy mouth puppy, Cujo. <laughs> so until uh, don't forget everybody. Of course, if you have an opinion, and if I know there's people out there, if you have an opinion, everybody has an opinion because they're like elbows and assholes. Everybody's got at least one, and some people have two. <laughs> Except you know amputees yeah or, they don't have know, any stuff opinions. like that you know <laughs> whatever but uh, of course if you, if there's anything we missed if you happen to think that children of the corn is the scariest fucking thing you've ever seen for different reasons than we do let us know 80s revisited at gmail.com and of course check us out on facebook 
Twitter and the interwebs at Awesome Pods. And of course, Awesome Pods is, means Awesome Podcast Network. There are other great uh, archived episodes of the, not just this show, but many more on the network. And as <laughs> always, <laughs> I know. These Jesse's effects laugh. are awful. See, look, look at it roar. <laughs> it's like a kid's oh, cartoon. Geez. Oh, let's add some lightning for no reason. Yeah. yeah uh, again, this is the end of Children of the Corn. It's the effects. Just watch it. It's on Netflix. Or don't. It's an hour and a half of your life. If you haven't seen it, you won't regret it. Just you might. Just, no, a bottle of whiskey or a six pack of beer. <laughs> just have that with you, and you'll have a great time. And just enjoy Maybe. it for what it is. Uh, and but then read the book and get scared out of your mind. How yeah. and, and wish that that was the, how the movie turned out. But anyway, sure. uh, always check out our friend. As always, check out our fellow friends in nostalgia and also in Lafayette. An hour away from us here in Baton Rouge or Port Island, where Jesse lives, actually less than an hour for Jesse, not for me. But anyway, mm-hmm. our friends John, John and James, Johns, the Johns at uh, Now versus Nostalgia, but John and James always a good listen over there because they, uh, they cover more than just the decade that we cherish. They do it a little bit, all of it. So I'm a little bit jealous about that. That you know, I don't, I'll, I won't get to talk about Jurassic Park except you know when we talked about the book and Jurassic World. Bad example. I'll, I won't get to, be, I won't be able to talk about Con Air. On this podcast, in depth as we normally do. Yeah, you still manage to bring it up. It's There's weird. always. It's like Jello. Con Air is like Jello. There's always room for Con Air, because not just a hair dryer. It's a damn awesomely bad '90s movie. But anyway, next week. What? Just keep going. I'm trying to wrap it up here, but you keep rolling your eyes, and it distracts me and makes me think of other things. To make you keep rolling them, because maybe I find that attractive. But anyway, everybody, mm. next week on Halloween Horror Month, Halloween Horror Month, month, we walk the dog with Cujo. So, the book's about 300 pages, 304 to be exact, if you wanted to read the book before you watch the movie. You can do it. It's pretty easy. So, it's a good read. We'll talk about it next week. Stay safe. In the night. I don't know. Some scary closing line that I can't think of. Uh, Stay out of cornfields. Yeah. Stay out of cornfields. That's pretty good advice. And creepy children. Any children. You know, if you you see some kid. Yeah. Yeah. Children in cornfields. Avoid them both. Neither of them are good for you. So uh, hug your pets. Because after next week, you might want to not be around your pets. Terrible segue, I know. Again, I swear to God, I had a really good one. It's going to hit me the second week in the episode. But talk to you next week, everybody. Until then, I remain Trey Harris. Autumn Harris. Jesse Sedgwick. Cowabunga! This show and more on Facebook.com slash AwesomePods. And follow us on Twitter at AwesomePods.